Hey, how you doing? And welcome to another episode of the John Riley Project. How you doing? It's Friday. It's Friday the 13th. So I'm wishing you all a bunch of really good luck today. Hey, um, we're going to talk about some more San Diego County headlines, comments, but I really want to focus in on my kind of territory here where I live up in North County Inland. We're going to look at Poway Rancho Bernardo and the 2023 outlook for these two communities. Um, so that's kind of our game plan for today. I welcome you to get involved in the live stream. If you're watching online, you can click um, and on either the Facebook or YouTube live stream, and you can share your comments and thoughts, and we'll get you involved in the community forum. So um, about a week ago or so, in our local newspaper, uh, the Poway Chieftain, there's the Rancho Bernardo Journal. You know, it's all kind of part of the Pomerado News Group. I think it's like a subset of the Union Tribune. They interviewed some of our local political leaders um, here in Poway. They interviewed Mayor Steve Voss. They interviewed council members Barry Leonard and Kaylin Frank. They interviewed Robin Kaufman in Rancho Bernardo, who's kind of one of the main ringleaders in that community. Um, there was also an interview, it's a short Q&A, with uh, Ginger Couvret from Poway Unified School District. And so there was a number of nuggets that were in that interview that I thought are worthy of commentary, particularly since, you know, a few months ago, we were interviewing many of the candidates that were running for mayor and for city council and for school board. And so, you know, we kind of have a little bit of an interesting perspective here because in this podcast, we've heard from a views from a wide range of people. And, um, you know, some of these outlooks I thought were a little rosy, but let's kind of break it down. So Mayor Steve Voss here in Poway, he said his top priority is always public safety. And he wants to make sure that Poway remains the safest city in the county. And this is an interesting topic because if you if you go on um, nextdoor.com, you know, there's a bunch of nervous Nellies out there, a bunch of Mrs. Kravitz from Bewitched out there that are constantly looking through their windows and seeing all kinds of riffraff in their community. You know, we are seeing, you know, actually it's legit. There's a uh, doorbell camera videos of people that are walking on their property at two or three in the morning, you know, stealing things from people's homes. I mean, that's going on right now. Now, is Poway the safest city in the county? I think it still is. If it's not, it's really close to the top of the list. Um, but there's still an issue with crime. And I think that's a legit thing for this, the mayor to be focused on because, after all, what do we expect from our city government leaders? It's usually police and fire. It's usually roads. It's usually water, sewer, and, and maybe parks, you know, and those are kind of the meat and potatoes of what a lot of our local politicians focus on. So as usual, Steve Voss, you know, kind of the classic Republican candidate, um, very much the Americana guy, the, the, the Poway mayor in the city and the country that wears the cowboy hat. He's all about public safety. But he also made a point that we're going to focus on infrastructure here in Poway. Um, and this is going back to the investment in our water system. Because, you know, a few years ago, we had this water catastrophe where storm water got mixed in with our drinking water and we had a boil water ordinance for, a, I don't know, was it three weeks or something like that? Was it in... Was it in 2019? I think it was like December of 2019. I think it was right before the pandemic hit, if I recall. So that would make it about three years ago. Um, and that was a that was a big deal. That was a big problem. Um, you know, apparently there's 
I don't know even how to explain it, but there was a rope that got caught and it and it blocked one of the the valves from shutting off completely. And so as a result, stormwater mixed with drinking water and then people were filling up their bathtub and it was brown, muddy goo. And and so we couldn't use our water for a while. It was, it was a terrible problem. But as a result, now they're having to upgrade all of the infrastructure in Poway, which, you know, you can get angry about the water crisis that we had three years ago. But this is usually a good thing. I mean, this this water infrastructure, I think, was built in the late 19. 1960s um, when they put built Pow- Lake Poway and you know these kinds of things need to be upgraded and fixed from time to time and here we are so they've launched this big initiative to upgrade the water system um, and then you know the mayor says we're going to approve streets and sewer repairs and you know generally speaking the streets in Poway are pretty darn good you know we know the minute we cross over from Poway into Rancho Bernardo or into Saber Springs you know that's when the um, that's when we'll see the, the roads really begin to deteriorate significantly. So it's uh, it's crazy out there. So um, it's good that the mayor is focusing on that as well. Um, and then he goes on to say that, um, you know, it's not all going to be, you know, just sort of behind the scenes stuff. We're also going to be upgrading Lake Poway Park. You know, they're going to put in a new playground there. And then they're planning some big renovations for Community Park in, you know, down in, in downtown Poway, right off of Poway Road near City Hall near Valley Elementary. And I think that's going to be a good thing. I mean, Poway Community Park is a great resource. It, it just was renovated with the community center, the Mickey Cafania Center being built there. And, and I think that was opened up about a little over a year ago. So it's nice to see that the rest of the park is going to have some renovation. And I remember I, I, I participated in the survey where they asked people in Poway, what do you want in the park? Do you want to see you know, more ball fields? Do you want to see, um, they even entertained a BMX pump track, which I thought was great. I mean, I'm a, I'm a old timer BMX racer from back in the 1980s. Um, that would have been fantastic. Um, they've got, they've got a number of other innovative thoughts. I don't know what's going to make the final cut. I don't know what they're planning to do, but they're planning to upgrade it. So, you know, this, it was like a two or three paragraph article from Mayor Voss. We're going to get into Barry Leonard and Kaylin Frank and then Robin Kaufman and the others in a moment. But it, it's interesting to me when I look at this and I compare it to the comments that were made during the election. And, you know, we interviewed, gosh, uh, multiple candidates for mayor, for city council, because you know, we had two different city council races going on in Poway. And we got a, you know, a glimpse into what some of the people in the community are feeling. Now, granted, the incumbents won. I mean, Mayor Voss won. And while we have two new council members, they are generally aligned with Mayor Voss, you know, Brian Pepin and Peter DeHoff. So for the most part, the majority opinion is they like how Poway is going. But there's still a vocal minority that, in my opinion, actually had a number of very good points that I personally think it would be wise for our city leaders to begin to incorporate some of these ideas. Because after all, elected politicians don't just represent the people that voted for them. They represent their entire district or their entire city. You know, they have to be representatives of the entire community. And so, like, 
it was remarkable in Mayor Voss's comments about the 2023 outlook that there was no conversation about what's going on on Poway Road or what's going on at the farm in Poway and all the other planned development, like the one at Twin Peaks and um, and Midland, up, um, yeah, the generally up by Twin Peaks Midland area. And there's a number of other smaller construction projects that are going around the city. I mean, Poway is going through a major transformation. I mean, over the holiday season, my son, who goes to college in Oklahoma, he came home for the holidays and he hooked up with a lot of his friends from Poway High. And and we all went out to dinner. We went down to the Poway Sushi Lounge on Poway Road. And it was kind of cool hanging out with a bunch of young men in their early 20s. And they knew that I do this podcast and they're like, what's going on in Poway? We've been you know, out of touch because all of them are sort of out of town in college or they've already graduated and they've started careers, but they all came home for the holiday. And I said it was unquestionably the development and they, they acknowledged it because they when they left Poway to go to school, Stone Ridge Country Club was still there. Um, now you drive by on a Spola Road right by Martin Coit and it's like – you know, the whole place has been turned upside down. Now, we're already seeing a lot of houses go up, which is great. Um, I'm, you know, generally speaking, I'm an advocate for more housing because we have a housing crisis. We need more roofs over people's heads. Um, but I know that, that that project up on the Stone Ridge Country Club, the farm in Poway, it passed with voter approval. Okay. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that have been vocally upset about it. In fact, there's one person that was extraordinarily vocal and in, in, in anger about the farm in Poway, uh, had made presentations to this Poway City Hall. And then sadly, when we had all these rains, the water you know, came off of the – because they're building these artificial plateaus over there as they're moving earth around – you know, the, the water was the drainage had radically shifted and a lot of it had come into her backyard and even into their house. You know, I think they had to, you know, pull up the carpets and everything else because a lot of water had come in. So there's a lot of people that are angry with all the change. But, you know, change is hard. But change is such a major thing that's going on in the city of Poway. Everywhere you look, I mean, the Fairfield Project, which is where the Poway Bowling Alley is now, that's, you know, they've been working kind of on the infrastructure underground, but they're going to start going vertical here in a few moments. And when they do, and it's going to be four stories hall, that's going to be a really big apartment complex. And they've already got the Poway Commons. That's largely finished. I think they still got some more things to complete, but it's well past halfway done. And, of course, there's still the Outpost Project, which has been sort of in limbo for years. So there's been so much change in Poway. It was such a dominant topic during the election season. And it's odd to me that it wasn't mentioned in the 2023 outlook, not by Mayor Voss, and we'll get into Barry Leonard and Kaylin Frank, and really not by them either. I mean, Leonard to a degree. But um, the other thing that was a major theme in the 2023 race from the candidates that, albeit they lost, okay, they lost, but they still had some good points, I thought. Another one was this concern that they had that the city council wasn't as transparent, wasn't as open, wasn't listening, wasn't getting as much community input. And you know, that's an arguable point because the city council has their own process, right? The city government, they've got committees. They'll do, um, you know, various events to try to get co community input. From my perspective, 
the city was sort of kind of playing from their playbook, right? They were following their guidelines on how to get input from the public. To me, if I now granted here, I'm just to do the podcast, but if I were in charge, I would go out and take some of these good ideas from some of these other candidates and actually go out and have more town hall meetings. I mean, they have the city council meetings, which generally are very structured. And people, when they come in for public comment, they're limited. There's only three minutes that they can share. And then generally, the city council cannot respond to them. So it's almost like a one-way you know, a volley of commentary that goes to the city government, uh, the city government employees and the city council. It'd be nice to have more of an open house where there's more of an exchange of ideas and just really – being as transparent as possible, kind of going above and beyond, because I think if our Poway city leaders did that, they would actually get a lot more support. Now, Mayor Voss, he won. Now, granted, in the 2018 cycle, if I, I can make sure I got my numbers right, in the 2018 cycle, he won, I think, two to one. I think he had like 67 percent and the rest of the, the electorate, the other candidates combined had about 33 Well, this recent election, he only had 48, excuse me, he only had 58% and his challengers all told had 42. So his margin of victory narrowed because I think there were a lot of people that had legitimate concerns. So if 42% of the electorate didn't support the mayor, okay, well, you know, those people are part of your constituency and I think they should be represented. But there were a lot of other things that just weren't mentioned. I mean, like traffic safety um, we had a person that, you know, was killed by a car, uh, a pedestrian that was killed by a car driver um, near Midland, Midland Elementary School. You know, apparently the city's still doing investigation. The police are still doing their work. But that's another topic where I think that's a legitimate issue because with all the growth that's going on, there's going to be more traffic. We're trying to make Poway more of a walkable community. I mean, that's sort of the ideal of what Poway Road's going to be, right? This mixed use sort of residential commercial that there's going to be more walkability. But, you know, you still have people zinging down Poway Road at 45 miles an hour. So traffic safety is an issue as well that I think needs to be blended as part of this overall plan. And it's kind of sad that that wasn't mentioned either. But there, you know, there are a lot of other topics. I mean, and I'll kind of share some of the other ones that we, that weren't mentioned, but let's talk about what was mentioned. Okay, so Deputy Mayor Barry Leonard. Okay, he is the um, representative, I think, is it District 2, which is uh, most of the Green Valley area and the area that's sort of east of Poway High School up by Lake Poway. It's most of that. Um, In fact, the farm in Poway is part of Deputy Mayor Barry Leonard's district, where all the development's going on as well. And His comments were interesting to me, too, because he says Poway is a well-run city with a very functional city government. I think that's generally true. Um, I know now there there are critics (laughs) and there are vocal critics. Many of them were candidates that I interviewed for for election last cycle. Um, But overall, I agree with the I agree with Barry Leonard. The city is generally well run. I mean, it's not perfect. I mean, there there are issues that we can point out. Um, And he said one of his priorities is to bring on these two new council members, Peter DeHoff and Brian Pepin, and kind of support them and encourage them. And I think that's a good thing. Um, Brian Pepin is, you know, took over for um, 
uh, Dave Grush's spot in District 1. Uh, and by the way, I ran into Dave Grush a few weeks ago. I was um, over at the uh, the taco shop right near the intersection of Rancho Bernardo Road and Bernardo Center Drive. Um, what is it? La Cotija, I think it is. It's the northwest corner in that shopping center. I was there enjoying a taco. I was watching a little bit. Maybe it was more than a few weeks ago as we were watching a World Cup game. And uh, and then there's Dave Grush. And he was you know just getting ready to move up to Oregon. He's a good guy. Um, but Brian Pepin's taking over his spot. Brian Pepin, uh, he's he's going to be aggressive. I think. I don't think he's going to be a passive council member. Um, you know, he I, I think is ambitious, and, and ambition is generally a good thing, especially if it's channeled in the right direction. But you know, he's going to need to learn some of the ropes. I mean, he's a political animal. You know, in general, he's been a you know an operative within the Republican Party for some time. Um, and so now I think he's going to have a chance to govern as a city council member. And, you know, good on Barry Leonard for wanting to bring him along. Peter DeHoff, I think, is going to be going to need a little bit more handholding than Brian Pepin because Peter DeHoff is you know, he's a community act, uh, advocate. Uh, uh, he you know, speaks out on a lot of community issues, but he's not really a politician. So he's going to have to ramp up on some of these issues. And admittedly, a lot of the city council members talk about how it takes them a while to kind of understand what's going on, how the machine of local government works. So, you know, good on Barry for bringing those folks on board. Barry talks about continuing the water system upgrades of Lake Poway and the commercial amenities at the farm, which I found to be interesting that he only commented on the commercial portion of the farm. Now, the commercial portion of the farm is where they're going to have some restaurants. I know they're going to have a produce market. They're going to have a number of different things there. In fact, I think that's a lot of the property that Kevin McNamara owns, um, and and he'll ultimately be in charge. But it sounds like maybe the city government's going to be maybe guiding some of the you know decision making along that process. I'm curious to learn how that sorts out, especially for me. I don't live that far from where the farm is, and if there's a little bit of a commercial district, you know, some restaurants, uh, you know, places to go for happy hour or something. I mean, that would be kind of cool. Um, and I've seen some of the preliminary ideas that they are planning for that area for food and drink and entertainment. And I think it looks exciting. So is Barry Leonard, how much of a role is the city government playing in that? I don't know. I mean, ideally the city government wouldn't be involved in that at all. You know, it would be just up to the property owners making their own decisions about the businesses that they want to have there. Um, And then he goes on to talk about the Poway Center for the Performing Arts, which we'll comment in a bit, but let's just say that's going to be a topic that's going to need to be seriously addressed. Because they run a deficit and taxpayers are subsidizing it to the tune of, what is it, half a million, three quarters of a million dollars a year. It's something like that. So um, and then, of course, you know, he talks about public safety. Barry Leonard does. So um, interesting stuff. Um, But again, there are other topics here that we're not hearing about. Um, Like, for example, I know the Mayor Todd Gloria just gave his state of the city address for San Diego. And I, I want to go back and listen to that and watch the whole thing. Maybe that'll be a podcast I'll do in the future. But what he, Mayor uh, Todd Gloria in San Diego really made a point about infrastructure, which our city leaders are as well. But he also made a big uh, a point about housing. And, and, and then the derivative of that is the homelessness crisis. But I didn't really see or hear any of that from our local leaders, even though we legitimately have a major housing issue going on in Poway because of all the development. 
And, you know, the home, we don't have homeless encampments in Poway, or certainly nothing to the degree that we see, like, near Father Joe's um, St. Vincent de Paul, Father Joe's Village, or in other parts of San Diego. But there's still homelessness in Poway. So, you know, you don't see that addressed either. So in many ways, I thought these comments that were in the this article from the Pomerado, uh news.com, it was kind of more almost like a, kind of a bit of a PR. It was more of the, the nice things that they had planned. And by the way, we're already seeing some people getting involved in the live stream, and I will get you involved in just a moment. But let me just talk a little bit about Kaylin Frank. So Kaylin Frank is... Um, the other person from the city council that was interviewed in this article, and she's the council member representing District 4, which, generally speaking, is south of Poway Road. Um, and Kaylin Frank, I've interviewed her a number of times here on the podcast, and I find her to be very pleasant. And I think she's really trying to do the right thing in many ways. Um, you know, again, all these elected leaders, they have their critics. Um, and there's always been a, you know, some issues, some people that were upset about the process in which Kaylin Frank came on board with the Poway City Council. But generally, I think she is has her heart in the right place, at least. At least that's how I see it. Um, she comments a lot about the community park, because that community park in Poway is in her district. Um, and it's you know, she says there's all these improvements that have been identified with great residential input, which is cool. And I'd like to see some of that. Kaylin Frank talked a little bit about water improvement, uh, talked a lot about the new and improved operating system for the Poway Center of the Performing Arts, which is good because, you know, it's great that we have an arts facility in the city of Poway. I think that's awesome. You know, and it's a it's a performance facility. So it's, you know, on stage, it's music, it's dance, it's going to be plays, that sort of thing. But is that something that really should be subsidized? By our city government, I I say no. Now, what they're trying to do is bring the subsidy radically down, not eliminate it. But I think, again, I'm just remember kind of shooting here from the hip. I think they were in a deficit of about six or seven hundred thousand dollars a year. I know they've been trying to get that deficit cut in half, maybe cut in a third, something like that. And I think that's a worthy goal because if they can do that. I think they can still provide quality art, quality entertainment, quality culture for our community, but at the same time, setting it up in such a way that the people that enjoy that culture are the people that pay it, because <laughs> that's how it really should be. Okay, so we've got a number of comments here on the live stream, um, and I want to get everyone involved here. So let's uh, let's take a peek. Who we got? George Geller on the live stream. From what I've seen, the sheriff deputies are pretty strict regarding speeding on Poway Road. Yeah, they are. I mean, sometimes I'll see them kind of set up. Um, you know, where have I seen them? You know that all-star glasses on Poway Road? It's like almost near McDonald's, kind of down that way, where Poway Road gives a little bit of an S-turn there. Sometimes I've seen them there with, with radar guns. And yeah, yeah. So the Poway sheriffs are trying to slow traffic down. I think some of the things they've put in place, they're, little, they're small things they can do to slow traffic down. Like just the, what, are they, what, is, what do you call that? It's a, it's a speedometer that is powered by solar. And you see one of them on Twin Peaks. There's one of them on Community Road when you're coming down the hill from the business park to tell you how fast you're going. And that's good. 
But both of those cases, the speed limit's 45, and they're trying to keep people from going 50-55 because they do on some of those roads. Um, so, yeah, the city, the sheriff is trying to calm traffic, which is fine. Poway sheriffs can be sometimes really aggressive in some of these cases. But I think there's things that can be done that can calm traffic that could make our community safer and better. Like we've talked a lot about roundabouts. That was a topic that some of our city council uh, candidates discussed. You know, Delta Esparza, Kevin Juza spoke at length about putting in certain roundabouts and in, in, on intersections. I think that's a worthy idea. Um, I know there was a, con, a, a discussion in the early days of the Poway Road Plan of narrowing it. So it was just one lane in each direction, and then it had diagonal parking. And that's actually still, I think, a viable idea, um, especially if you want to create a downtown kind of an environment, which is potentially possible, potentially, um, through some of those portions um, between Midland and Carriage Road, excuse me, between Community and Carriage Road along Poway Road, especially now that some of those other properties, I think, are for sale or being sold because, you know, they're going to fill in all those gaps along that stretch. Um, So there are things I think they can do to kind of make traffic calmer. Um, George Geller goes on to say, I've seen them running speed traps there many times. And yeah, they do. Um, It it sucks if you get caught. (laughs) You know, knock on wood, I haven't gotten a speeding ticket in a very long time. Um, The older I get, the more I drive like a grandma, which I kind of joke about. But uh, it's, it's, it's good that they're doing that. Um, sometimes, though, uh, I would like to see the police really maybe doing more to try to address this issue of some of these thefts that are going on, property crimes that are going on. Rather, you know, are, are there ways that they can patrol more, have more visible presence in the in the wee hours of the night? Because it seems like that's when there's a certain degree of riffraff. I don't know how achievable that is. I don't know how much of a difference it could make. Um, but that, to me, is an issue that really needs to be addressed. Um, so, you know, it, it it's, it's all goes to these – these are important issues in our community. And, um, you know, the, our local leaders, they have ideas of what they want to do. Some of their ideas, I think, are very good. But I think in this particular topic, they, they missed out on a lot of things. Um, another good example is uh, when Delta Esparza was here and she was a candidate for mayor – and she said that the city of Poway has an identity crisis. Um, that that really made sense to me, you know, because Poway recalls itself the city in the country. But is it really the city in the country? I mean, th- that made sense in 1980 when the city was incorporated, you know, with with um, all of our, you know, so-called founding fathers of Poway, Bob Embry and, and the whole group, you know. Uh, but today... It's hard to call it that. I mean, it, to me, Poway is part of the suburban sprawl of San Diego. Does it retain some of that old country vibe? And yeah, it does in, in some of the pockets of Poway. But so much has radically changed from, since 1980, not, not even counting the changes that have happened over the last seven years. Uh, Poway Road, the farm, um, you know, the Poway Business Park went up, um, I think, in the late 80s or early 90s. I mean, there's been so much change. So it's... When Delta talked about the city having an identity crisis, I think that's a fair point because 
when they're doing all of this construction for a lot more housing in Poway, which, by the way, I generally speaking support, but it's not it's making Poway more of a city and less of a country more of a suburb and less of a rural area. So um, I think these are things that need to be addressed. And I think the, these open houses, which were some of the topics that were discussed, I think would be very welcome. Um, there's other topics that were ta- discussed in the S- Mayor Todd Gloria's city of the, um, State of the City Address for San Diego. And he talked a lot about affordable housing, you know, because he often said that the solution to homelessness is more homes. And I, I think that's part of the solution for homelessness. Homelessness is a very difficult problem to solve. There are many variables. Um, but the availability of affordable places to live is a huge part of that. And as housing gets more and more expensive, it's pushing more and more people um, to the curb. And, you know, there there is a homeless population here in Poway that I think, you know, we need to just accept reality and understand that. Now, do I expect the city council to go in and provide housing for them? No, of course not. Um, but I think we have to acknowledge that that is part of what's going on in our city. And I think by building more housing, we may not be necessarily building more affordable housing, but I think by building more housing units, we are increasing the inventory of housing, which will have a dampening effect on pricing. And I think that's a good thing. Um, George Geller has another really good comment here, and I just want to get this one in as well. And he said, it's been a long time since I saw anyone riding a horse in Poway. I agree. A hundred percent agree with that. Um, and it used to be, yeah, you'd see horses sometimes on Poway Road uh, back in the 90s. I remember seeing that. And that was still a little bit of, you know, uh, out of place. Um, but you rarely ever see them anywhere anymore because there's more people, there's more traffic. There's the city is a lot more vibrant. There's, you know, a lot of things that granted, I'm not a horse guy, but I would imagine all of this activity could kind of spook a lot of these horses. Um, so, and just as an aside, you know, the, I, the one thing always drove me bananas about the, the horse people in Poway is that the horses would go through communities and they would poop and people didn't really seem to mind so much. But when dogs pooped, everyone got upset and want you to pick up your poop. And I always thought that was a hypocrisy. Uh, but at any rate, uh, yeah, there, you don't see many horses around Poway. So it's definitely I think the city does have an identity crisis. I think that's a fair point. Matthew Brannigan said Poway is definitely the NIMBY city. Yeah, not in my backyard city. But the not in my backyard people have been losing. I mean, they lost um, on the vote for the farm and they have lost their influence in slowing down or changing really what's going on on Poway Road. But, you know, NIMBYs are losing everywhere. Um, look at all the development that's going on in Branch of Penasquitos, where the Doubletree Golf Course was right there on the west edge of the 15 freeway by Carmel Mountain Road. Um, look at all the development at the um, um, the Merge 56 right there in Penasquitos. I mean, there's just so much housing going on, and it's ruffling a lot of feathers. It seems like the political leaders in Sacramento, as well as here locally, um, have sort of woken up and decided that 
the NIMBYism is what is causing our housing crisis. Um, and I think that's true, you know, because there's not enough housing available. That creates great demand, low supply. What happens? Prices go up. So um, the NIMBYism is starting to break down. And so we're starting to see a lot of major transformation. Maybe you've seen the plans for Mira Mesa. Maybe you've seen the plans for University City. That was another one that just came out recently. I mean, these communities in San Diego, they're talking about doubling, tripling the number of people in those parts of the of our city as they build more high-density housing, more apartments, more multi-story you know, buildings to house more people, higher density. I mean, obviously, we're seeing that all throughout the UTC area, but it's going to start to become prevalent everywhere. I mean, Oceanside is gripping with a lot of these problems. La Mesa is gripping with this. Imperial Beach is gripping with this. And Poway is going through this kind of a transformation as well. But, you know, th- there are other things. I mean, the, the every one of the candidates that ran for election that lost spoke about the Poway Climate Action Plan or lack thereof. And granted, all of them, I think, were Democrats. And our current Poway City Council, I think, are all Republicans, or certainly they all lean in that direction. Um, and Poway is one of the few cities that doesn't have a climate action plan. Now, are there things Poway could do that would be easy and not very intrusive? I think they could. I mean, they already have solar that's running a lot of uh, government facilities in Poway, and they should expand that. Um they already have, you know, they've talked about putting LED lighting in a lot of Poway. I think they've done a lot of that, and they could do more of it. There are little things they could do. And if they did that, they could sort of check a box and say, you know, we've got a climate action plan. Maybe it doesn't go to the same degree as the city of San Diego. But, you know, the city of San Diego is putting in a plan to ban gas stoves over the next six to eight years for new construction, you know, which Joe Biden was just talking about earlier this week. Um, but none of these outlooks for 2023, none of them mentioned a climate action plan. Um, none of them mentioned anything about um, the outpost, about the relocation of the thrift stores, about homelessness, about the Big Stone Lodge. Um, you know, there was just, a, it was, people were, there's a lot of things that were mentioned in that race. Now, granted, those candidates lost. I get that. But that doesn't mean that those comments shouldn't be Integrated. I think some of those comments were valid, um, and I think they have a place in our local community. You know, the other kind of funny story was, was when my son came home, he and his buddy, they were driving, and they went up to Poway High. They were on a spola, and they went down the hill on a spola, and they saw that the walkway along a spola was finally done. And they sort of laughed that it took so long, but they were happy to see it done, and they were shocked at how little it seemed to change. Um, and I know that was a whole, you know, mess with hiring a contractor. L- the bid was wrong. They fired the contractor. There was a lot of drama with that whole thing. But it is done. It looks nice. It's a nice improvement. And they buried the lines, you know, the overhead lines, which would be great if they did that throughout the rest of the city. But I know that's a major, major project. But at least they got that done, you know. It's just a shame that that took so long, you know. So I think the city council, you know, they're, they're trying to move the ball downfield on a lot of things. But – in some cases, they kind of get in their own way. In some cases, 
they're making f- solid progress, you know, tip of the hat. In other cases, they're still dealing with a lot of friction from people in the community. But I just, you know, I just thought some of these comments from our leaders were, they were good, but they could have been so much better. And I, I would hope that at least opening this up to more town halls, more open houses, where you can have a legitimate discussion in a community environment. Now, Grant, I know that could be it could, that could get ugly if it's not managed right. But I would hope that we could see more of that. That way, the people can feel like they're being heard, that they feel like they're being listened to, and that there's actually a dialogue going on. Because um, I know that was an overarching theme from a lot of the competitors in that race. Now, granted, the incumbents won, or the people that were aligned with the incumbents won. I mean, that's generally speaking because, you know, the silent majority, you know, kind of likes the basics of what's going on in Poway. I mean, that's why we all love living here because it's a good place to live, good place to raise your family. Um, but still, and these are these are these are government officials. They represent all 100 percent of the constituents. And I think there are some good ideas. And I was just kind of a little disappointed that those weren't all included in that article in the, on the uh, in the Pomerado News. Okay, we've got a couple more comments here and more from George Geller. He says, I lived in Old Poway before we had Old Poway Park. Oh, wow. So you're a, you're a longtime Poway resident, so good for you. Uh, George says, can you talk about the state law that outlaws single-family zoning? Okay, okay. I'll tell you what I think. Now, this is all part of the housing crisis. Um, this is all part of a need to build more housing so we can reduce prices, provide more roofs over people's head, provide more affordable places for people to live that are going to be somewhat near where they work. Um, and, you know, it's been a challenge because of the zoning laws, because in many neighborhoods, it's, re- it's zoned for single family housing. Well, that's starting to break down. I mean, you know, we're starting to now see... ADUs or granny flats that are going in, right? Um, and that went in with certain amount of friction as well because people didn't like the additional cars, more cars parked on the street, that sort of thing. Well, now the rules are changing as well. Now, I don't know if this has been fully implemented here in Poway or not. I don't know if the edict has been dropped in Sacramento all the way or not. But I know that the the vision is, is that some of these single-family neighborhoods, you could literally blow out a single-family home and put in a four-unit, two-story apartment building. And I know that's going to set people's hair on fire in a lot of these communities. Um, but, you know, this is, in my opinion, these are the kinds of changes that are going on all throughout California and are going to happen also here in our city of Poway. For me, generally speaking, I'm supportive of that. Um, I'm supportive of letting property owners manage their own property. I'm supportive of having more housing units created. That's that's good for you know our society overall. Getting more roofs over people's head, it's going to make housing more affordable. People are going to live closer to where they work. Um, and so, and and then depending on where these are going in, in certain parts of our community. You know, there are places that legitimately could use a nice upgrade. Uh, That's one of the other angles to the Poway Road development that I always thought about, is that there were places on Poway Road that were a time warp from the 1970s. So 
Is that true in some of our neighborhoods? Yeah, maybe. I mean, we can take a look at each of those cases. But the whole point of all of this is, is that the world is changing. Um, the NIMBYs are losing. Um, city leaders, state leaders are now beginning to unleash more housing. Todd Gloria in San Diego is talking about how rapidly they can build more housing in San Diego. So this is one of those things where I don't think you can really stop this change. You can try to slow it down. You can try to get mobilized. And, but at the end of the day, this is something that is bigger than any individual, that there's going to be more and more need for housing. People are going to see economic opportunity in transforming their, their property into an income property where they could potentially have four rental units. So a lot of this is shifting, and we're going to see more of this shift going on. You know, back in the 60s and 70s, when Poway was a lot more rural, you know, you could move here, and it was different from the San Diego, and then they incorporated in 1980 because they didn't want to be part of the sprawl. But, you know, tides have changed, world's changing. I think if people want that rural feel, you're not going to get it in Poway anymore. I mean, you're going to have to end up moving somewhere else. If you're going to want to kind of recapture that kind of city in a country idea. Um, George Geller goes on to say, so if I want to invest a few million dollars, I could buy two or three lots on your block and build some Section 8 apartments. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's uh, that's true. Um, and I think that's what we're going to start to see now, hopefully, um, as more of this housing goes in, you know, housing prices will become more affordable and it won't necessarily need to be Section 8. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of cases like this where there's going to be more multi-unit buildings that are going to be going in. Um, George Gellhart goes on, I says, I think we'll have a revolt of the NIMBYs if some of that actually happens. Yeah. But you know what? Um, I know this is kind of a tangent, but when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. I thought there would be major revolts in the streets, people upset about that. And largely, those have been sort of a whimper. You know, they people were angry. There were some protests, but generally there weren't riots in the streets. You know, there weren't major, major protests that go on ongoing, at least none that I've seen. I mean, there's been some, but I think a lot of times people will – Sometimes they, they just don't have the ability to affect change at that level. Um, or they just don't have the time and energy to go out there and try to fight the good fight. In some ways, that's sad. But, yeah, it's, we're going to see a lot of changes. Um, <laughs> Matthew Brannigan says, yeah, people take to Facebook rather than the streets. That's true. They're on Facebook. They're in the South and North Poway votes or in Poway Underground or some of these other communities. And oh my God, they're on nextdoor.com. You got to go there. And that is something. Uh, people are, yeah, at least they're vocal there. And I think social media is really good that way, uh, that people can voice their opinion. But, um, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, you can only control what you can control, right? You can only control your life. Um, trying to control everyone else's life, control everyone else's property, you know, that's, to me, that's beyond the scope of, you know, what we should be doing, what our local government should be doing. And that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people disagree with me. But let's uh, let's go down the list here. We've got a still more, few more things I want to cover from these articles that I thought were worthy of conversation. So um, another one was from Poway Unified School Board member Ginger Couvret. 
Now, um, Ginger was just recently reelected to her second term. Uh, Ginger, of course, you know, longtime Poway community leader. Her husband, John Cruvette, another community leader. They're the dynamic duo in Poway. Uh, but she's on the Poway City Council, or excuse me, the Poway School Board. And she talked about wanting to have more career and technical classes. I thought that was a worthy comment. Um, talking about more increased, you know, visual and performing arts funding, because I know that was approved um, in a local uh, recent proposition for statewide funding for arts and, uh, and for, uh, you know, visual arts, performing arts, music. I don't know how much of that money is going to make its way to Poway Unified, but yeah, they're going to have to find a way to kind of use that money effectively. And I think that's generally a good thing. You know, that's what she should be doing on the city, on the, excuse me, on the school board is helping guide that process. You know, the, the, the notion of per, more performing arts, more music, more art education is something that a lot of families have been clamoring for in Poway for a very long time. And then she goes on to say, Ginger Kuvret goes on to say, providing supplemental learning tools acquired during distance learning. And yeah, I think that that was one of the silver linings of COVID, I thought, is that um, people learned how to be productive from home. Now, granted, I know for some of these school children, a, th- a third grader on a Zoom class is a, is a train wreck. That's a disaster. But I think there are cases where they can learn and figure out the school district can figure out how to effectively use online learning to supplement what they have in the classroom. And I think that's a good thing that we're seeing there. But there were things that were not discussed by Ginger Couvret in her comments. And I think the biggest one of all was the concern in our school district about the failing infrastructure in a lot of our schools. I mean, they, you know, they tried to pass a school bond at, was in 2020, if I recall, and it failed. Um, there are some legitimate problems with a lot of the schools in Poway Unified, particularly on the east side of the 15. Poway High, the, the locker room there, the gym, the gym area in general should just be blown up and rebuilt. I mean, if we had unlimited time and unlimited money, that should be done. Um, there are, you know, other, you know, we had the, the whole Rancho Bernardo air conditioning crisis at the high school and middle school. There's a lot of other cases where there's there are legitimate infrastructure issues. Now, it's it's downright criminal that those aren't those weren't all covered in the billion dollar bond that was passed 10 years ago. You know, of course, they borrowed 100 roughly speaking 100 million dollars and they're paying it back with 1 billion and by the way, we haven't even started making payments on that. We won't start that process for another 10 years. Um it's a shame that they couldn't get all the upgrades then, but they still have some more legit problems to fix. We're going to start to see another school bond measure come forward. I wouldn't be surprised if we see it in 2024, either in the June primary ballot or in the November presidential ballot, probably the presidential one, because that's when they think they can get the most people out to the polls. And they think they can probably get more Democrats coming out to the polls. It's just a hunch. And they, and as a result, they think they might be able to pass the school bond then. But that's coming. That wasn't mentioned at all in her comments. Um, but, you know, there are other other issues. I mean, there's this whole, you know, parents first angle where there were a number of candidates that ran for Poway Unified that are part of this this coalition of parents that are angry. They were angry about covid and about masking. They're angry about CRT. They're angry about a lot of these issues. Um but again, you know, it's a vocal minority, but there's still 
I think, some legitimate concerns there. I think Poway Unified, they're having a lot more ethnic uh, studies classes, which I think is a good thing. But I don't think they have confidently presented to the community what they're doing and how they're doing it and why this is or is not CRT. It seems like they've been very defensive in their presentation of it rather than being on the offense and being ahead of it. And I think that they could take a proactive measure on that level and do it in a good, positive way. And I, I just don't see that from our leadership. Um, you know, and and for the most part, you know, there's some smaller issues that were brought up. Well, they're major issues if your child was involved, like bullying, like the dyslexia and the reading, which we heard a lot about that from Frida Brunzel. Um but again, those comments weren't made either. Most of these comments that were in this article were very rosy, you know, about what the future is going to be like for our community. So I, I don't know. It's just it's intriguing to me. Um, usually when candidates are running for office, especially if they're challengers, they're angry about this and angry about that. And they want to fix this and fix that broken thing over there. But once they get into office, it's almost like they just want to pilot the ship. They want to stay on course. They want to keep the process moving and their urgency to solve some of these problems doesn't seem to be as great. They kind of fall into the bureaucracy of the way these government agencies typically run. Okay. So one final comment, and that is about Rancho, or actually about Kiwanis and then about Rancho Bernardo. Because in this article, they talked with um, Kiwanis Club President Heather Scale. And the Kiwanis Club in Poway is fantastic. I mean, they really are great. I was involved with their organization for a number of years, and I just – my situation in my life, I couldn't maintain my commitment to the group. kind of feel bad about that. Uh, but they do a lot of really good work in our community, you know. And so they highlighted some of these things in this article, and I think this is worthy of celebration, worthy of pointing out, because these are the things that are happening behind the scenes – that most people don't know about. So the Kiwanis Club of Poway um, had their largest ever holiday with heroes event for children in need. So this is where they actually get children in need. They hook them up with a um, an active military member, an active police or firefighter, and then they're given a budget and they go shopping at Walmart or some other store. And this is the yeah you know holiday with heroes event. That's a big event that they put on and it's great. Um, they have key clubs at Poway High and Cathedral, plus an action club for developmentally disabled um, adults. I think that's terrific that they're involved there. Um, they're going to continue their famous br uh, pancake breakfast at the Via de Vida um, uh, uh, facility, as well as Little League opening days and for veterans. And their members continue to serve in the Community Connection, the San Diego, um, excuse me, the Community Food Connection, the San Diego Blood Bank. The Homework Club at Valley Elementary, which, by the way, I helped that group out for a long time at Poway Elementary's Homework Club. And that was great. You know, it's a good way these people are serving their community. And I always thought that the Kiwanis group did such a great job. Um, they also award scholarships for high school seniors. They sponsor the Miss Poway pageant. Um, and they are also the sponsor of the Kiwanis Club, the Kiwanis Cup high school football game, which is the annual matchup between Mount Carmel and Poway High. So, you know, good on them. I mean, we have a lot of other great community organizations in Poway and in Rancho Bernardo. I know the Rotary is big in Rancho Bernardo. Um, 
they, they all do really good work in our community, and they, they need to be recognized and celebrated. I think it's really good stuff. So um, George Geller says, I'd volunteer to teach an Estonian ethics study class. That's not the ethnic they want, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going back to Poway Unified. You know, I think there are some legitimate things that can be taught that are um, – that are race related, that are ethnic related, that are still presented in a way that I think is consistent with the values of our community. Um, And I think a lot of this, if you just go back, and this is kind of the overarching theme of my podcast, is all about our inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That that preamble of our Declaration of Independence, it all talks about, also talks about all men are created equal, which essentially means we have equal rights. Those are the fundamental moral foundation of, the, of America's philosophy. That's what should be taught. Now, we're having a heck of a time fully implementing that over the 200 and almost 50 years that America has existed. But I think if a lot of our teaching can go to that point, that we all have a right to our own life. We all have a right to make choices in our life, and we all have a right to live a life according to our own values. And that applies not just to white people or Estonian people. It applies to people of color, people of of different genders and sexual orientations. I mean, every you know, political identity group, we can, we can make a list of them all, every religion, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody has the same rights. And if we can get back to teaching people that, I think we can overcome a lot of racial strife, a lot of bigotry here in, the, in America. Um, and, and granted, there's a lot, of, a lot of things in American history, I think, that need to be taught more effectively um, than they have been taught traditionally for many centuries. Um, so there's work that Poway Unified can do. They're not going to implement CRT. I mean, CRT is college level stuff. Um, but CRT, I think, is widely misunderstood. I think when you ask different people what CRT is, everyone's going to have a different answer. And there are people that say that CRT is about just teaching what actually happened in American history. That makes sense. You know, teaching about the reality, the good, the bad, and the ugly of American history, I think is good. We can learn from that. There are other people that think that critical race theory is all about, you know, essentially blaming white people for everything, including white people today, and that people by default are guilty. Um, That is wrong. (laughs) That is wrong. some white people have been bad. Uh, some white people have been good in all throughout history. It all depends on the individual. So um, hopefully Poway Unified can articulate a, a strong message about their ethnic studies curriculum, what it is, what their objectives are, why it's important, how it's not CRT, and then begin to proactively drive that agenda. And I think that can be properly integrated into their class classes, particularly at the high school and middle school levels. And it can be done in conjunction with things like the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. Uh, that would be very powerful, in my opinion. But that's just, you know, that's just one man's opinion. Okay, um, moving on down the road, I want to talk a little bit about Rancho Bernardo. And wow, we're already at 55 minutes. And again, I thought we didn't have enough content here. It always turns out that 
I can keep talking. And and thank you, George and Matthew, and for everyone else that's watching the live stream and participating. I appreciate you. Um, Rancho Bernardo, uh, if we talk about Rancho Bernardo community and leadership there, it's all one person, really. It's Robin Kaufman. Have you ever met Robin? She's a really nice lady. She's very committed to her community in Rancho Bernardo. And there's a number of different groups. There's the community, Rancho Bernardo community board, I think it is. And there's a planning board. And she seems to be in charge of them all. Um, and and she's not backing down. So she really just embraces Rancho Bernardo. So good on her. Um, so she talked a little bit about their upgrading the Rancho Bernardo Road medians immediately east and west of the freeway overpasses, putting in more drought tolerant turf and that sort of thing. And it's kind of strange because, you know, Rancho Bernardo isn't a city. Rancho Bernardo is part of San Diego. So the Rancho Bernardo, uh, you know, community, what is it called? The community is the council or, well, there's an RB maintenance assessment district. There are all these different names for these different groups of which Robin Kaufman has her fingers in just about every one of them. In the end, they don't have as much juice as in Poway because Poway is a city. You know, we have our own city government, our own um you know, parks and rec, uh, our own waterworks. I mean, we've got our own employees and our city council and our mayor and our city manager can direct them to get stuff done. Where in Poway, excuse me, in Rancho Bernardo, they can really only make recommendations. And I think in some cases, the city council gives them a little slack where they can control some small things in their community. But for, to a large degree, they lack a lot of the power to make some of these hap- things happen. That's why it seems like the things on their list seem more ancillary, you know, like by talking about medians along about Long Rancho Bernardo Road, which generally is a good thing. And, you know, they've been talking or actually they've implemented more median upgrades on Pomerado Road north of Espola, north of Rancho Bernardo Road, kind of along the Seven Oaks Golf Course and, and up there uh, towards the trails. Um, and that's been welcome. You know, it's nice. Apparently, she said that the, the asphalt and the brick was encroaching on a lot of those trees. So now they're breaking it down. They're opening it up. And it's nice because, you know, Todd Gloria is the mayor of San Diego, but he doesn't really care about Rancho Bernardo the way that people in Rancho Bernardo care about. And people in Rancho Bernardo were driving down these roads every day. And they see some of these essentially public areas that don't look good, that aren't being taken care of. And you've got city employees that are fixing it, but to a certain degree, they're going through the motions. So it's nice to see local people that are able to step up and, and that the city government gives the local community that, that, that a bit of liberty, that bit of control over their own community. Um, she's talked a little bit, you know, Robin Kaufman talked about they're going to have an Earth Day fair in April, chalk it up sidewalk contest in May, patriotic pet contest in July, the safety fair and the second annual chili cook-off in October, the hot cocoa with Santa and snow day in the park in December. So that's nice. They have like a lot of community events and that's good. And they're going to act, this is good. They're going to bring in the San Diego Police Department to talk about pedestrian safety. Okay, you know, we lost the life of someone here in Poway that got hit by a car on near Midland Elementary. There have been other cases where, you know, Robin Coffin said three individuals, including children, were struck by vehicles near Westwood Elementary. So, you know, as these communities, there's more housing, there's more traffic, there's more people on the road. 
There's more people that are living stressed out lives that are in a hurry, that aren't paying attention, that are distracted drivers on their phone doing whatever they're doing. And these roads are like not 35 mile an hour roads. They're like 45 mile an hour roads or more, you know, where people are going over the speed limit. So traffic calming measures are an issue. So good on her for bringing in the the, uh, the San Diego Police Department. I don't know if that's going to amount to anything. I don't know if it's just a dog and pony show, but at least they're addressing it. I know here in Poway, there's a traffic uh, commission or a traffic committee, and they meet, I think, three times a year. And they were scheduled to have a meeting this month, and they canceled the meeting. And the locals here that are... There's like a Poway uh, Safe Streets group, a Facebook group that started up. Um, And the guy that is running that um, has shared a number of videos with me that are really interesting, some innovative ways to look at how transportation, how roads and streets and roundabouts and different things should be constructed. I think it's really good stuff. But they were really angry that that meeting got canceled. Well, it turned out that the – I think Kalen Frank mentioned on Facebook that the – the city uh, or the police or the sheriff, excuse me, and maybe even some of the city planners haven't fully concluded their investigation related to that, that tragic death of the person that was was hit by a driver at Edgemore and, and Midland. Um, so that's why they didn't have the meeting. Well, hopefully they have that meeting scheduled as soon as possible. That's a legit issue. So at least Rancho Bernardo is trying to make an effort there. Um, They're trying to, you know, zero in on the most neglected streets in the community. And let me tell you, the first one they've got to go after is Carmel Mountain Road. We talked about that in a podcast back in December about there was a letter to the editor from Joe Calabrese, um, who I think lives in Poway. He ran for Poway City Council like four cycles ago or so. And he talked about the terrible road conditions on Carmel Mountain Road, and it is bad. There are potholes, gravel, gaps in the road, undulations from the warping of the asphalt over the years. That needs to be addressed. I mean, that's a a legit problem. And there are also communities, especially in the small side streets of the Seven Oaks community, that it's like driving on gravel. Like it's – it would be impossible – to ride a skateboard on some of the roads in Seven Oaks. I mean, every micro inch is a divot <laughs> that you couldn't ride a skateboard on. And God forbid you were a child on a bike and you fell onto that asphalt. I mean, it's like, um, I mean, it's like a like sandpaper, but really heavy grit sandpaper. Um, you would just get your your shins and your knees ripped to shreds if you landed on the, any of those streets, if you were a child falling off your bike. So there are some legit issues in Rancho Bernardo that need to be addressed. Um, and then she goes on to say, Robin Kaufman, that they're always looking for more fresh ideas, more volunteers in their community. And yeah, good on them for doing that. Um, Matthew Brannigan says, I was wondering why the Carmel Mountain Shopping Center was so busy with cars going to and fro. I realize now that they aren't shoppers. They're driving through to avoid the numerous potholes. Yeah. I mean, it's like like Frogger. Remember the Frogger video game where you have to like dodge the cars? When I drive on Carmel Mountain Road, I'm actively dodging potholes. And I, I also, I even do that to a degree on Ted Williams Parkway. Particularly if I'm in the fast lane going eastbound on Ted Williams from the 15 towards Pomerado Road, 
there are a lot of potholes in that fast lane and they always kind of reappear. There's a lot of work that needs to be done in city streets. Now, Kevin Faulkner did a great job, I think, getting a lot of streets paved. They made significant effort, but there's just so many streets. I mean, there are streets in southeast San Diego that are still dirt streets from back in the day. There was a whole article about that. I I should have done a podcast on that, about how in low-income neighborhoods, a lot of the infrastructure is being neglected, which is ridiculous. Um, But yeah, I mean, Carmel Mountain Road is a mess. I mean, especially at the intersection of where that Shell station is and islands. Like if you were driving, let's say you get gas at the Costco gas station and you come out to that intersection and you're going to make a left on Carmel Mountain Road to head back towards Poway. That is crazy right there. I mean, there are all these undulations, gravel, loose rock, because, you know, a lot of the postal trucks drive in and out of there. And that road's just been ripped to shreds. Um, anyways, uh, Robin Kaufman went on to talk about how um, the Rancho Bernardo Planning Board is working on a number of other issues, including the proposed cannabis outlet in the shopping center on Bernardo Center Drive. And this is one we talked about a lot, about the um, the – the cannabis um, dispensary that would go in at the location of where the old El Torito is, kind of way in the back, right where Rancho Bernardo and the road, excuse me, Bernardo Center Road and the 15 meet. Gosh, you know, when I first moved to this area, I got so confused because every road was Bernardo something. There was Rancho Bernardo Road. There was Bernardo Center Road. There was West Bernardo Drive. It took me a while to settle in and figure those out. And I still say them wrong sometimes, but it was Bernardo Center Drive and the 15 kind of right across the street from McDonald's way in the back. There was an old old El Torito and it's been vacant for gosh, at least a decade. And they were talking about putting in a cannabis facility there, a cannabis dispensary. I think it was called Urban Leaf and the Ranch Bernardo residents are still him and Han. Um, And I know because a lot of, you know, Ranch Bernardo has a history of being a a retirement community. Now, granted, that's not all that true anymore. There's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more f- families that live there. More young families, more singles, more apartments. Not just 55 and over in Rancho Bernardo, but a lot of times, you know, a lot of the older folks are still kind of slowly coming on board with the fact that cannabis, marijuana, is a medicine. It's a legit medicine that helps people overcome PTSD and glaucoma and anxiety and a lot of other issues. And they still put up a big stink about trying to block cannabis, you know, cause they're still kind of back in the, in the um, uh, reefer madness days where they kind of see it as such a voodoo drug. I'm hoping that Rancho Bernardo kind of evolves on this because I think it'll be a good thing for their community and a good thing for their economic area as well, because they'll have more business and that'll be good. And by the way, cannabis is already being delivered into Pow- at Rancho Bernardo and in Poway right now by people that deliver it. I mean, there's these companies in San Diego and they've got like the DoorDash equivalent and that's, that stuff's coming into their communities anyways. Um, 
And then uh, she goes on to say that uh, they're you know looking for more imp- improvement at the community park, which I think is great. Um, you know, there's sports fields, the outdoor amenities like the basketball court, the rec center, the dog park. The dog park there is pretty cool. Uh, but they had a 2024 annual planning budget, and this is for the Ranch Bernardo Community Recreation Group, and they have included funding, and this is all part of Rancho Bernardo people making plans for Rancho Bernardo. Um, they're funding annual events, field maintenance, gym floor resurfacing, outdoor basketball court lining, various outdoor maintenance, potential new events. There's renovations for the RB Off Leech Dog Park that are coming in the fall of 2024. So it's kind of cool to see that our friends in Rancho Bernardo have a lot going on there as well. And granted, they can't control their community to the degree that Poway can. But they're making some nice strides, and I, I just like seeing that. And I think it's worthy for us as a community to recognize that, to understand that. You know, these people are volunteering their time. It's not like they get paid to do this. I mean, Robin Kaufman, I'm, I can't imagine she's made a nickel from any of this. Um, and he got a couple more comments here. Matthew Brannigan says, Camino del Norte eastbound is terrible, too. Uh, is that from the 15 uh, coming towards Carmel Mountain Road? And then maybe further down towards Pomerado. Yeah, I think there are probably some parts there that could be done. But have you seen some of the potholes that they've been, you know, that have been uncovered in L.A. and up in the Bay Area? I saw another one in San Mateo along Highway 92. These are huge. I mean, gigantic potholes. I mean, there have been some potholes that multiple cars have disappeared into. Now, thankfully, we have nothing at all like that. Actually, those are sinkholes, not potholes. But um, thankfully, we haven't had that much of a problem with that. I mean, the rain generally wimps out when, it, by, when the Northern California rains usually lose a lot of their steam before they get to San Diego. Now, we'll see what happens tomorrow on Saturday. We're supposed to get a lot more. Matt Brannigan says El Torito closed in 2011, 12 years empty. Yeah. I think I went there a few times with my wife for happy hour and it was nice. I remember there used to be an El Torito um, that was right near UC San Diego when we were college students and we would go there. Um, And it was always kind of a cool place to go for happy hour. Um, And it was a shame that that closed um, because I thought that served a good purpose, but I guess they just weren't making enough money and that's why they closed. Um, But yeah, why not get a new tenant in there, right? Let's revitalize that area. And, you know, they were selling booze there. You were buying margaritas, you know. Now they might sell gummies or, um, you know, other cannabis products. So, you know, what's the problem? Okay. And then uh, George Geller goes on to say, all the folks I know who smoke marijuana are retired Vietnam vets. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Vietnam vets, like a lot of vets from... The Afghan war, from the Iraq war, from Gulf War One, you know, they're dealing with PTSD. Um, that that's that's a major issue. Gosh, when we had Ted Leitner in here, we had a, I had an interview with Ted last month, and he talked about how Jerry Coleman, you know, the the New York Yankee, the longtime play by play man for the San Diego Padres, how he was dealing with what they called shell shock back then. And he wasn't the same man, especially after he came back from his second stint in the Korean War. Shell shock is real, and they call it PTSD now. A little bit more of a friendly name. George Carlin has a whole bit on this, which I think is good. You know, they kind of soften the name, and it makes the problem not seem so tragic. But yeah, there are a lot of veterans 
where cannabis provides them legit relief. And I know this community of Rancho Bernardo and Poway prides um, themselves on being supporters of our veterans. I mean, there's there's all uh, VFWs. Uh, there's uh, one or two of them here in Poway. I don't know. Are there any in Rancho Bernardo? And there's a veterans park in Poway. Um, and, you know, there's just a lot of patriotic vibes in Poway and Rancho Bernardo. A lot of red, white and blue, especially around July 4th, as you expect. And so, yeah, a lot of veterans who, by the way, fought for our freedom, fought for our freedom. We should be able to freely access these medicine products. Probably looking at me, oh, Riley, you're a stoner. No, I, I don't use it, but I support people having access to it because I think it's helpful for them. It makes a difference in people's lives. And I think it's, it's just utter hypocrisy that you can buy alcohol at a liquor store or in your local supermarket, but somehow cannabis, which is way safer, way less damaging. And yet that is what people get all in a kerfuffle about. And, you know, I know the state of California has legalized it for both medicinal and recreational purposes, which is good. And a lot of other states are opening up. But still, a lot of these community planning boards are blocking it. Even in our city of Poway, they don't want to have a marijuana dispensary. But yet I can go down the street here to where, you know, where Jersey Mike's is at Twin Peaks and Pomerado Road, where all the Trump supporters are there every every week with their their freedom signs. And there's a liquor store right next door to, or two doors down or whatever, right from by that Jersey Mike's. So you can go in there and buy all kinds of booze that will destroy your life, that will could put you in the hospital, that could kill you. How many people you ever hear dying of marijuana? You don't. You know, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just a downright shame. And then on top of it, when people are buying marijuana legally at a place like Urban Leaf, which could be the cannabis dispensary in RB, if you're buying it legally, it's going to be so much safer than if you're buying it from some guy in a back alley, a guy, you have a guy who knows a guy and he gets you the stuff and you don't know how that's being cut or how it's being prepared. And you're depending on a lot of very uneducated people to make those moves. You might get lucky and get good product, but if you buy it legally, at least it's safe. And I think that's good. And I, I'm hoping that Rancho Bernardo eventually allows this to happen. We, we had Patrick Batten here. Pat Batten was a candidate for Poway Unified School District. And um, he's also on the, our Rancho Bernardo planning board. And I know he is not an advocate of having the cannabis dispensary there. But if I recall, I think he said that it's probably going to happen anyways, you know, because the, the they don't have as much juice in Rancho Bernardo. I mean, the city of Poway, they can they can set up, they can pass an, an ordinance, a law to block, you know, any category of business and get away with it. But in Rancho Bernardo, they don't have that juice. They don't have that power. So I think if I recall, I think he was, you know, he had objections to it. But I think he acknowledged that it's going to happen. Okay. Wow. We have covered a lot. And, and thanks again. Now, just to kind of bring you all up to speed here on some of my plans, um, I'm, you know, it's the new year. 
New Year's resolution. I'm trying to be better about doing my San Diego local news updates. Um, today we talked about Rancho Bernardo and Poway, but I've been covering a lot of topics all around the county, and I, I want to do more of that. I'm happy I got this one in today. I'm trying to do them around 12 noon. That's when I'm going to pop up on the live stream. And of course, the recorded version you can get wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get it. Um, And then it's obviously on YouTube and on Facebook. And I'll take this and I'm going to cut it into pieces and and give people more opportunity to to absorb some bite-sized chunks of this on YouTube. Um, But uh, I'm hoping to do this a couple of times a week. I'm hoping also to have um, some co-hosts that can join me here and we can riff about a lot of these things. And it's not always necessarily politics, politics, but it's going to be about what's going on in local news. Um, what's the latest thing in Pacific Beach? What's the latest thing in Oceanside or Ramona or in La Mesa or El Cajon or down in Eastlake? What's the hot topics that are going on in these local communities? I want to talk about them, and I'd like to have like a little bit more of a dialogue. And I love the live stream dialogue that we're getting right now. That's great. And by the way, if you're watching the live stream, I'm now live streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter. But you can only participate in the chat on live stream on Facebook or YouTube. Those are the two that will actually appear on my screen. That's how you can get involved. Okay, so if you want more information, you can go to my website, johnreillyproject.com. You can send me a note there. All my social media platforms are visible there. Um, if you want to learn more about some other things we're doing, you know, I do the, the Thursday live stream podcast with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Every Thursday at three, we do nothing but sports. We had an episode last Thursday. That's always a lot of fun. We sometimes do live streams on Mondays. So if you like San Diego sports, Hacksaw's, you know, legendary sports talk guy. Uh, legendary play-by-play man for the San Diego Padre, excuse me, San Diego Chargers and the Seattle Seahawks. Also did Arizona State and USC. And this guy is an unbelievable legend in the world of sports talk. And so I'm fortunate to co-host with him every Thursday at three. And sometimes we do bonus podcast episodes. And then I'm going to be actually on the Ed Franklin No Limits podcast today. So we're going to be, I think it's not a live stream. We're going to be recording at three. And then um, I'm sure Ed will post that. And then um, if Ed gives me access to that content, I'll also post it on the John Riley Project um, YouTube page as well as on the audio podcast platform. So, um, yeah, so that's what's going on, friends. Um, By the way, if you like what we're doing, you want to support what we're doing, maybe you like to be a monthly contributor to what we're doing, you know, you can make a donation. You can go to johnreillyproject.com and you can make a small donation, a monthly contribution. That would be most welcome. That just gives us more encouragement and uh, and resources to keep pushing this kind of content and providing more podcasts uh, for local news, local information in your local community. So until next time, um, I'm still trying to settle into a schedule. It's most likely going to be around 12 noon, a couple of times a week. Fridays are good. Tuesdays are probably going to be good. And maybe I might sneak in a third one. We'll see. But that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Once I really lock in on a rhythm, I'm going to post it 
and stick to the schedule and be disciplined. But right now, I'm still kind of feeling my way to the beginning of, of 2023. But I'm looking forward to bringing this to you more and more frequently. Okay, friends, have a great day. It's Friday the 13th. I wish you nothing but good luck today. And tomorrow, it's going to be raining. Stay dry. It's the NFL Wild Card Weekend, so enjoy all the great sports. And um, if, you, if you're going to go down a fan fest, isn't that Saturday? Padres Fan Fest, but that's going to be in the rain. That's going to be a mess. Uh, so stay indoors, watch football, and enjoy your family. We'll see you later, friends. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor. Subscribe and then share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog, or get more information, please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.